with more of the Pope on Film. It's time, Bunny! It is time. Yes, Bunny, my friend, my brother, and legally my accomplice, it is time once again for all of us here at the Pope on Film podcast to Madison and Watusi our way into the second half of the show, and it is said second half, wherein we finally and eventually get around to discussing our hand-picked, hand-crafted, and hand-jobbed movie of the week. And this week, we continue our summer-long look at the new film genre that I have dubbed COVID-19 with a look at the 2020 ad-lib Canadian elevator film. I just want to say that again. Yes. That's an important phrase. I may be the first person in the world to ever truly say this sentence. Um, uh, we continue our summer-long look at the new film genre that I've dubbed COVID exploitation with a look at the 2020 ad-lib Canadian elevator film called simply Corona. Corona. Also known as, also known as Fear is a Virus. Yes. Also known as, wait, is this all in an elevator? Also known as Canadians yelling, the movie! Hooray! Yes. On a scale from nine and a half, how much did you love this incredibly moving drama? On a scale of what to what? On a scale of nine and a half to ten, how much did you love this incredible drama? Well, on that, I'm going to go nine and three quarters. <laughs> um, I love what you did with my guy over here. <laughs> That's what you do when you're not doing the right thing. <laughs> it's, I freaking love it's, it. I freaking love it. It's a patch. <laughs> I think it's so great. It took me a while to realize what you had done. Honey, come here. Look at what he did to the to the me on the screen there. <laughs> Under construction, isn't that great? Love that so much. It's like Mal. Oh my god. Mal has gone around the house covering up all pictures of themselves. Yeah. And it's like I un I fully understand because it's a it's like a body dysmorphia sort of thing. That like it must be difficult. It's not difficult for me to see pictures <laughs> of myself as a guy all over the place, but I imagine that for some trans people, it would be very difficult to see that. Yeah. You know, I totally understand where they're coming from. But they went through the entire house. Like, even so much as on the table here, I had a photograph that featured them. The next morning, they put, like, a, like a, like a box of tea over them on the picture. That's how serious Mal is taking it right now. I mean, okay, I, so I, mean <clears throat> I would just want to say, hopefully, it's, like, just kind of a phase. You know, yeah. because at some point you would need to embrace your whole journey mm -hmm. as a person. So, you know, if if you need to block shit out for now, cool. You know, yeah. but but at some point you have to come back around, and that's who you were. You know, that's a yeah. that's. That's all a part of your story. Yeah. Like, uh, like I'm, there's a part of me that still feels like I'm Steve. And if someone calls me Steve, as long as they're not, like, dead naming me, like my father-in-law, I mean, if someone comes up to me that I know, like, I don't know, Day or Christian or some person we know. Hey, Steve. Oh, wait, Maylin. Like, okay, that's fine. I'm not going to get upset about that. Because, you know, I'm still me. Like, Eleanor right. came to me like a couple of weeks ago and said, I miss, I miss dad. And it's like, I'm still dad. Except also I'm mom. But I'm not. 
yeah. I am. I mean, I'm still the person who I was before. It's just I have evolved. Yeah. If Pikachu evolves to Pichu, it's still Pikachu. It's just Pikachu has evolved into something else. I have evolved now, and I love it, and it's great. Yes. I freaking love it. Okay, so this week's movie is Corona, Fear is a Virus. It is part of our summer-long look at COVID-exploitation films. We do themed summers every year, and this year we're doing cheaply made Corona exploitation films because I don't want to watch all the Fast and the Furious. <laughs> Fuck those movies. I'm not doing it. We could do Rocky, but there's just not enough. I, didn't, I don't think there's enough Rocky. If we're doing twice a week, we could probably do all the Rockies. Yeah. But uh, the two creeds are great. Are they? I haven't I seen either one of them. Yeah. Oh, you gotta it. You you've got at least Creed two because that one is a follow up to the best Rocky film, Rocky Four. Okay. And Ivan Drago has a son, and the son wants to be a boxer, and Ivan Drago sets up a match between like Drago Junior. And Creed. And it is Dolph Lundgren. And uh, what's her name? That chick who used to be everywhere for a few years in the 80s is in it. Yeah. Nielsen. Yes. She's in it. It's it's a really good film. I think it's because it's a follow-up to my favorite horrible Rocky. Like that entire movie, Rocky IV, that's just a big shark jump. (laughs) Yes, it is. That's just a big jumping shark. So we've done the summer of Saw, the summer of Star Wars. The summer of Fred Willard was freaking great. I expected Fred Willard to show up in this film. Yes. This seemed like one of those, not because it's an, it's an entirely ad-libbed film, because this film is ad-libbed, and that's uh, in Fred Willard's wheelhouse, but it, this seemed like um, we are listening, I am listening, you are there, I am here, whatever. The alien radio movie. This seems. I I believe you. I believe you. This seems like one of those low budget films that has nobody, 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 nobody. Fred Willard and nobody. Yes. You know, I expected him to just pop up and start saying like a wahapa. <laughs> so. Uh, and then last year we did a bunch of movies from IMDb Bottom 100, and that's when we learned if we really want clicks, we need to talk about Reset Evadik. Yes! There's a big Reset Evadik fandom out there. So, uh, Reset Evadik. You're welcome, Turkey. Uh, Corona the Movie. It's a 2020 Canadian film. So we can make a house park and blame Canada for this. Yes. Hooray! It was written and directed by Mostafa Keshvari, which I think is great because Lord knows that there are a lot of Vulcan movie directors out there. You don't see a lot of Klingon movie directors. No. I think that it's a shame, and I think that more Klingons should be in Hollywood making movies. It's nice to finally see a Klingon voice. Yes, Hollywood. it is. Well, well, in Canadian wood. And 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 I totally believe that it was written and directed by a Klingon because nobody in this movie are real humans. They're all caricatures of a human as if they are humans seen through the eyes of a Klingon. I swear to God, the guy in the wheelchair, the angry Nazi guy, uh, I swear to God, the angry Nazi guy was Santa Claus from season two of I Think You Should Leave. <laughs> uh, he was also he was also in uh, Everything Everywhere All at Once. I was How really was he? excited. To see someone from I Think You Should Leave appear in Everything Everywhere all at once. 
uh, the guy who plays Santa Claus in two skits in season two of I Think You Should Leave. His name is, his, the actual actor's name is Biff Whip. <laughs> and he plays Santa in that. And he also appears in the laundry, in the laundromat, the old white guy who looks like Santa Claus in the beginning of the movie. Yeah. Who dances with short round and then he appears at the end. Oh, I love that guy. Love that guy. I, I marked out when I saw someone from I Think You Should Leave in a big Hollywood movie. In the same when I was watching I Think You Should Leave, I went, oh my God, that's the little girl from uh, uh, Tanner? No? Is that what it's called? Lancer. The little girl from Lancer from uh, Once Upon a Time, dot, 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 in Hollywood. She, she's in a oh. great skit. She's in a great skit from a skit from I think you should leave. I got really excited. Uh, here's the weird thing about okay, so so in Hollywood, there's a lot of bullshit that they get the opportunity to make all these movies. Yeah, there are a few Klingons that make movies, but I'll tell you one thing: the producers, they're all Ferengi. Yeah. Without a oh, doubt. God. Oh, without a doubt. Yeah. They're all Ferengis. That is some uh, special Star Trek content for all of you Trekkie, Trekker, Trek ends out there. Man, yeah. I need to find Trekkies. Where? I need to get Trekkies. That is such a great movie. I haven't seen that for so long. It used to be my go-to documentary is Trekkies. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, and I had an opportunity to be in Trekkies too, but I didn't take it. Oh. I just got like a message from someone. It's like, hey, we're filming Trekkies too in downtown Sacramento at this comedy club. You should come down. And I'm like, nah, I'm not going to. But I should have. I came in like in the, in the, yeah. the audience in the movie. Um, so this is widely considered uh, Corona, here is the virus. It's widely considered to be the first full-length feature film made about the coronavirus pandemic. All right. It's an hour and ten minutes, so, uh... Full-length? It's longer than Dumbo. Yeah. That is my... my tentpole for Is This a Movie? Dumbo is 62 minutes long. If it's longer than Dumbo, it's a movie. The fact that we call Dumbo a movie is kind of ridiculous. Yes. When they showed Dumbo on TV when I was a kid, like, oh, they're going to show Dumbo on TV when I was a kid. This is so awesome. And then I go and watch it on TV, and they show a cartoon. And then they show a cartoon. And then they take a commercial break. And then they come back, and they show a cartoon. And then there's a commercial break. And then they show the entirety of Mickey and the Beanstalk. (laughs) Which is, like, super fucking long. And then a commercial break. And then they start Dumbo. I remember that to this day. That it's like how, how, even when I'm like 11, 10 years old, I'm like, wait, how long is Dumbo? This is ridiculous. So, Corona fears a virus is longer than Dumbo, so it's a movie. Uh, and what I was saying, uh, I said this earlier in the podcast. This movie is shit, but it is historic shit. Yes, because. The director, writer, producer, director, Mostafa Keshvari, he actually got this uh, directing job by participating in the actual thing on right of Yes. So um, he was reading about the coronavirus in December 2019 in Canada. And by January 2020, apparently there was a lot of racism in Canada towards Asian people because of the coronavirus. And back then, they were focusing really hard on, oh, the Wu-Tang virus. Yeah. The Wu-Tang virus? Yeah. It started with, uh, yeah, it's weird. The Wu-Tang virus started with old dirty bastard. He was so old and dirty. That's how we started giving it to people. Fucked up, the Wu-Tang virus. Wuhan. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> So he 
started working on the movie in January of 2022. Okay. And he started filming it in February of 2020. And then he finished the movie like right before the lockdown started happening. So this film was literally ahead of its time. So this film basically came out when we were still dealing with lockdowns and stuff like that. Because this film was made before the lockdown. Yeah. And it's like, and, yes. and the plot is basically before the lockdown or at oh. the point of the lockdown. Yeah. It, it, I swear to God, the entire plot of this movie was an episode of Night Court. Of what? Night Court. Night Court. I swear to God, this entire film is an episode of Night Court. Oh, uh, I don't know, uh, Dan Fielding is late to court. And he goes on the elevator. Oh, it rocks. What? It's stuck? Who's in the elevator with him? I don't know, an angry veteran. Uh, a rich a-hole. Uh, an angry black person and a woman. What? She's pregnant? I swear to God, this is a sitcom. Yes. Oh, God, yes. I don't know. I don't remember that much of Night Court, but I swear to God, this was an episode of Night Court. Well, again, this is why I say it was an episode of Insight. God, dude, you gotta Google it. You gotta, you gotta, you gotta go YouTube it. And watch a couple of episodes of Insight. I mean, Insight practically invented the cool youth pastor. Okay? So every episode of Insight, and it was about 60 minutes with commercials and shit, uh, a heavy dramatic story of some sort like a teen pregnancy or you know anything like this you know and then jesus and it's solved and that was a lot of this movie for those of you who are listening to this podcast on uh itunes Spotify, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, whatever, however you listen to this. Uh, this is more of a visual thing, but because Bunny was talking about cool youth pastors, I'm sitting on my gaming chair backwards now. Yes. Like all the cool... Hold on. Well, hey there, champ. Yeah. <coughs> I just wanted to come and rap to you a little bit. Uh, Bunny... You know you're getting older, and uh, your body's going through some changes there. Yeah, yeah. You're gonna find some uh, hair places where it hasn't been before. Is a is a lot more blood in my pee. You know, a lot more. Uh, it's gonna be a lot more uh, pennies in your stool. <laughs> Just something that happens. Growing up. Be a young man. Let me tell you. Probably a sport. Let's go have a catch. Uh, I don't know if I can get out of this. <laughs> I, I'm not sure. Let me, let me... And this movie also reminded me a bit of that me that one meme. That in the first picture, it's Peter Parker and Doctor Strange talking. And Peter Parker says, Hey, Doctor Strange, can you make everybody forget about Mephisto? And then the second panel is just credits. Uh, That's this movie, because if we dealt with actual coronavirus fact, then we would have to just jump straight to the credits. So we have to deal with a, a good chunk of coronavirus bullshit for there to be a movie at all. Yeah. That reminds me. I want to... Daddy, they took 
my movie. I've got two reviews here. This movie currently has a 4.3 out of 10 on IMDb. Uh, Corona. There are exactly two user reviews okay. for this film. So, not the most popular. I ain't the sharpest tool in the shed. So, I've got two reviews. I'm going to read them both to you. And you tell me which one you agree with, okay? Okay. Okay. The first one here is a 9 out of 10 stars, and the headline says, What a microcosm of a situation of humanity. Oh, my God. That's your view of humanity? Let me read this to you. This is, what a great way to start a review, okay? I'm writing this as I watch it. I haven't rated it yet. The plot is a diverse cast of people are stuck in an elevator during the beginning of the coronavirus. The elevator moves slowly down due to, due to being in need of repair as the cast loads in. The building owner and his pregnant wife with the repairman in the elevator, then a YouTube influencer, 16 years of age, in a wheelchair with a swastika on his forehead, and a guy that came from the gym, and at last a Chinese woman named Han Whip. I think that was a typo. Yeah. Uh, after a time, we find she's in, but before this, one can only imagine the race, nationality, moral, unfinding, etc. Plus something extra <coughs> happens, and that's not all. All I can say is, read the IMDB info on this almost play, being that it takes place in one place the whole time. I feel like you just said place like eight times, but that's fine. The acting is good. The twists and turns of being human and the coronavirus is excellent. In some ways, this movie reminds of the movie where different are people abducted standing in circles and through a sort of selection, the people are eliminated, causing the same sort of justifications, etc. Which is what I've been saying this whole time! <laughs> this will play very interesting in the futures as the pandemic is just a memory as for the film it's now over and it was an excellent piece on humanity and the mindset created by the virus so that's our first review okay yes okay okay now let me read the second one one out of ten i want my 72 minutes back I don't normally write movie reviews, but then I wouldn't really call this a movie. It's more like a bunch of bad actors crammed into an elevator given a one-sentence description of who they are portraying, then turned loose with no direction to guide or shape the drama, all improvised badly. I couldn't find a single redeeming thing about this. It seems like the creator of this just wanted to put what seems like ordinary people together and let them denigrate into some of the worst parts of humanity. Save your time and spend it elsewhere. This is not worth investing a minute of it. But we're investing at least 45. Yes. So, uh, so well, funny. Uh, if this is a, a gun-to-the-head situation, where I must pick one review or the other, I gotta go with the first one. It's not nearly yeah, as bad as the second guy is making it out. It's horrible. Don't get me wrong. Yeah, but you also said that you were high while watching the movie. But it was... But, but money was spent on these actors, and they were pretty good. I'm not sure if we saw the same movie because this almost broke me. The 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 characters were that they were playing were horrible. Yes. But did you doubt that that guy was an asshole? No, I did not doubt that that guy was an asshole. You do have a point there. That's good acting because probably he's a pretty nice guy. Yeah, that's good acting. A lot of this acting was. Was pretty competent. Certainly, well, certainly much I, more than other shit we've seen, even in the coronavirus 
yeah. category. If I had to sit down with Natasha and watch a bad movie with her, yeah. I would either put on Battlefield Earth or this. Like, and I've watched worse before. I'm not going to watch what I uh, swept away. I'm not going to watch the Chun-Li movie. And and this this was great because each character was so far over the top and so fucking ridiculous. Yeah. And everything they were doing was ridiculous. I also, it, I do like the first movie review, so kudos to the author Schlag Schlag Zug player Schlag Zug player for his review because I do agree that in some ways the movie reminds of the movie where different are the people abducted standing in circles and through a sort of selection the people are eliminated causing the same sort of justification etc. That was the first thing on my mind. And maybe maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm mistaken and missed a little something, but as far as I understand, we established that the elevator alarm rings to the firehouse and they press the elevator alarm so that yeah. all of this over-dramatization, it's like a bunch of people having a breakdown at the line at the DMV. Yeah. The, the like, you're like going to be that, saved. You're going to be okay. The part that I liked is... And you're Vietnam, ready to resort to fucking cannibalism. Exactly. Vietnam veteran Santa Claus dies, and then the asshole businessman is like, well, who's hungry? And I'm like, dude, you've been stuck in the elevator 20 minutes. Don't yeah. resort to uh, Timothy yet. So this is why I loved it, because it was so fucking ridiculous and trying to be serious. Yeah. You know, well, but personally, like, like personally. you're a victim of a delay. Yeah. A delay. And what the fuck is this? The coronavirus hits? Elevators are going to stop working? This is the last elevator out of the building? And the elevator just won't, well, it has mechanical trouble, sure, but like the guy who was working on it, you made him stop. In my mind, all of these movies were watching takes place in the Yeah. Yeah. So uh this these people get coronavirus. The reason why they went to they get the coronavirus is they went to Tucson, Arizona, where they met the old man who just came home from a cruise with his wife. Yes. He was patient zero. And all of these films are just in a massive corona shared universe. Yes. Personally, still, though, like still though, the first one is my favorite. 2025 <laughs> is still my favorite out of all this, uh, out of this run. But this one is, is, is a great runner-up. In my mind, this one just seems to me to be just bad community theater. Like, it, this looks like the play that I would go see because my friend's friend's friend wrote it. Hey, Mal, do you want to come over here and give a movie review for the podcast? How, I, I'm, I'm, I'm lost at how you cannot appreciate the ridiculousness of this. Okay, hold on, uh, Bonnie. Mal, you just came back from seeing the Minions, Minions, Rise of Groove. What are your thoughts about that? Pretty good movie. The soundtrack was anyway, nothing better. Oh, the, the soundtrack, movie. the soundtrack of the first one was great because it had like doors and needles and stuff. It doesn't have that good of a soundtrack. Ten minute warning. Seventies? I think so, yeah. Eighties, yeah. maybe. Okay. I mean, the music was good, but they didn't play it well. You know, like, all yeah. the songs were, like, super fucking short. They were good things, but... Yeah. I wish they had a musical, you know? Yeah. It Did you stay good. for the whole credits? Not for all of them. What? But... <laughs> what? 
Because in the first Minions movie, there was a whole musical number after the end credits. For all you know, you missed another musical number. They sing at the Beatles Revolution after the credits in the Minions movie. You, you stay for the whole credits? I was, I was going to be peer pressured out of it anyway. Oh, you, you really should have. You gotta stay for the whole credit. Oh, I am so hurt by this. So hurt by this. I am so hurt. I am shocked and chagrined. Mortified and stupefied. Personally, I like this movie, Corona Fear is a Virus, because you see this movie filmed in one take with an improvised cast and, it, and a non-existent budget except for one elevator and you look at this film and you go how hard can it be to make a movie you know yeah like i see this movie and it's very empowering because i see this movie go shit bunny you can do this yeah absolutely i could do this we could all do this it's it it's 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 an empowering film in that regard. Well, yes, and I, and I did appreciate it on that level that that you are making efficient use out of the little money that you have. Yeah. And I have it pegged at about 150 maybe 200 grand tops. Yeah. If we really paid the actors yeah, I'm I, considering I like ten grand for each actor. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I I feel like this entire movie was a commercial because, like, a uh, iMovie is such a simple moving making software that any dumbass can make a film. Here, look at this, and then you see the the film with like five six minutes of opening credits that begs the question, did he pay for this stock footage or did he just down it somewhere? Yeah, well, I do have the stock footage opening and closing uh, figured in, and if it's straight stock footage, then, like, that's another 10000 for the beginning and the end. Stock footage runs up pretty quick. So it's like four hundred a clip. Yeah, but you know the good thing about this nearly five-minute opening title sequence is, by the time it's done, there's only an hour and seven minutes that you've got to suffer through. There are now episodes of Stranger Things longer than this movie. Yes. Yes. So that's something. The entire movie is ad-libbed, and uh, Christopher Guest. This director is not. No. 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 Like, just because Best in Show and Reno 911 look easy to make doesn't mean it's easy to make. You still need professionals to know how to ad lib. And I just felt like this entire movie is just like, oh, this is ad lib. I couldn't tell what with three people yelling at each other at the same time. Okay, so but still, what any of them are saying. I, I, I think, I think you're missing the beauty. I, I think, I think you're still not seeing the beauty here. So, an Asian woman gets on the elevator, and apparently, she has some medical training. Sees the pregnant woman and tries to help. To which the asshole husband shoves her back. She hits the side wall of the elevator, hits her head, and. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> oh, this fucking movie. This or fucking maybe movie. she's not quite dead yet. They're not sure. Nobody wants to check, but she is bleeding out from her fucking head. I was shocked that in the year of our Lord 2020. That you can still make a movie with G-O-O-K-F in it? Yeah. You can't say that. Like, 
I know this movie is trying to like combat racism, but by doing so, this felt really fucking racist. Yes. Like the the Chinese woman is saying something that sounds vaguely like the N word, and the black guy is like, "What? What?" And, and then, and then the Vietnam veteran said the G word. Yeah, but that was consistent because that was consistent because everything was over the fucking top. Everything was overly dramatic when it boils down to a delay. You got stuck yeah. in the elevator and you're going to be delayed a little bit. Yeah, this felt very much like a comedy but then, theater one-act play. Then the wife, the wife wants them to check the girl's lifeline. Yeah. Because in her palm, because if she's dead, she won't have a lifeline. Yeah. And her fortune teller told her that cell phones will hurt her baby. Yeah. Oh, come on. This this movie. Come on. You're not giving this movie enough credit. You're saying that I missed the beauty. I think you missed the ugly. I, 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 then the woman laying on the floor in a puddle of her own blood is okay again. There were no lights for a third of this fucking movie. She's okay again. And then her hair completely clean. No blood clumps or anything like that. And she's strong enough to deliver a baby. The lights were off. Yes. Yes. A third of the film. But apparently there are lights in the elevator shaft for you to get that nice that nice fan look coming through the ceiling. <laughs> you know they say that cat elevator shaft is a bad mother. Shut your mouth. But I was talking about the elevator shaft. <laughs> I legitimately hated this movie. Bad ad living by bad actors. I, I legitimately had fun with this other. movie. What? It's so fucking bad. They're horrible ad libbers. They're horrible They're people. One okay, there are there are two things I like about this movie. Number one, everyone's blame it first off, it's so ridiculous. She keeps saying Wuhan throughout the entire movie. Yeah. And everyone's like, oh, she's from Wuhan. She has the virus. Oh, my God, we're all going to die. And then near the end, you realize that her name is Han Wu. But in China, the last name comes first. So she's saying Wuhan. And everyone thinks, like, what the fuck is this? A Paris Company episode? Yeah. What the fuck? Yeah. That is some weird-ass uh, Abbott and Costello vaudevillian routine. What is it? Corona's on first? Corona's I... I particularly liked I particularly liked how when we got into the the almost famous ish bearing of the souls less than one minute when the fuck did this happen that we each still got so much to say <laughs> holy shit no we're we're, we're coming back is it just a minute? Less than a minute. <laughs> Less. I'm so into talking about this damn movie that we completely lost track of time. I need more time to discuss the intricate plot of some Brando stuck in a freaking elevator. We are getting that time. Oh, and it cut right there again. That was some good fucking timing. We are getting that time and cut.
invite sent. And I will type it over here. Invite sent. And send it over to Facebook as well. And he is, she has entered the room. Hi. There you are. This is the first time that I have not realized the time limit until it was too late. Well, because it came up and I said it, but you didn't hear it because that's when Mal came in. I didn't hear in. it at all. No, I yeah. didn't hear it at all. Yeah. All right. So anyway, they're having their they're having their famous, almost famous esque opening heart moment as each character is telling their story. Oh, and, the end? and somehow this Asian woman who was dead and then not dead and they stamped her rat to death and does not understand a word of English somehow realized what was going on in the room and realized it was her time to tell her story. Yeah. The thing that gets me The story that, that nobody else in the elevator would understand. Yeah. The thing that gets me is that uh, some of the things that I like about this movie. Number one, uh... Everyone assumes that the woman from China has the coronavirus, but as it turns out, it's probably, spoiler alert, probably the dumb white guy. But he does say in the, when you first see him that he's a parking attendant. Because he was talking about the, the black guy who was fixing the elevator. Yeah. That uh, he ticketed the car <coughs> and that they yeah. towed the car. Okay. But then he says at the end, in the big reveal, that he's the one who probably has uh, corona. He said, I was just in China on business. So I've got a question. Why is a fucking parking attendant going to Wuhan, China on a business trip? Yes. Oh, what? Was there urgent parking matters in China that they only... Only get you for. <laughs> oh my God! There's a there's a asteroid that is coming to Earth. We need the best thrillers in the world. Now you're getting oh, into no. the spirit of the movie. Now oh, you're no, getting into the spirit. There's just too much illegal parking in China. We need the best parking attendant in the world. It's February 2020. Get me America's greatest parking attendant. He needs to work on the on the illegal parking in front of this lab. Like that, I I don't get that. But I do like the scene that you're talking about, where everybody's sitting there. By the end of the movie, everybody is confessing to their own stupid shit. Like, oh, I've got a twist. Oh, I've got a twist. Oh, hold my beer. Here's my twist. And everybody has like a twist. And like, oh, you're not the father of the child. Oh, I have cancer. I have six months to live. Oh, I'm an alcoholic. Oh, I sabotaged the elevator. And then after that, it started getting weird. One character said, oh, I actually came up with Jar Jar Binks. Yes. And it's like, whoa, what? And then uh, one person's big uh, reveal was, I also have a twist in the last ten minutes of this film. I'm colorblind. That one yes. didn't seem like a big deal. Uh, and then, oh, the big one was the one character who said, uh, okay, it's time for me to tell the truth. I started Billy Joel's fire. Yes. Big, big reveal there. Huge. 
Another thing that I liked is the fact that, like, the guy and the whole time the fire departments are on the way. They're getting out of this. Yeah. They just yeah. need to be a little patient. Go yeah. ahead. You've been locked in there for like forty-five minutes. Yeah. Already, somebody is dead. Somebody was dead, and somebody was dead-ish. I have been trapped inside of a party for longer than they were stuck in that elevator. Yeah. I was like, in, I, literally, I was in sixth grade, and we, my mom went to Target. Oh, should we go to Target? It's storming pretty bad. Oh, we can be there and back before the storm hits. And we're in Target for like 20 minutes, and then the power goes out. And we go outside, and it's a massive, like a like a typhoon, like or it, it, a massive storm. The entire parking lot was flooded, and the windows yeah. were just rattling, and and just I was in there longer than these people were in a the world's biggest elevator. Yeah, I have been to massively expensive uh, Las Vegas casinos. That had smaller elevators than this elevator. Yes. The other thing that I like is that the the, the uh, veteran, the guy in the wheelchair with the swastika on his forehead. So he's a uh, Nazi. Yes. But he's also Canadian because this is a Canadian movie. So I started thinking about the idea of <coughs> Canadian Nazis. Yeah. Sometimes I, you know, it, it, it becomes commonplace for we Americans who live in just this horrible nation to just look to our neighbors from the north and say, wow, they're so great. They're so amazing. They have universal health care and they treat each other nice. But then I'll see some documentary like that, that guy who died trying to make a grizzly suit, a grizzly proof suit. Yeah. You know, and I'll see a movie like that, and I'll go, "Oh yeah, there are dumbass Canadians." Yes, there are. And so I like the idea of Canadian Nazis. You know, a lot of times, like in America, you think like, "Oh, the far right is a real big problem here," and it is kind of nice to know that, like, "Oh, they're also in Canada." Okay. But also, I'd like to think that the Canadian Nazis still have that Canadian sort of attitude of like, hey, how's it going, eh? Yeah. Uh, you know who's ruining the uh, nation? Uh, it's them Jews, eh? <laughs> we should uh, maybe get rid of them? I don't know. You want a beer? <laughs> no, they're still nice. I yeah. like to think that a Canadian Nazi is much nicer than an American Nazi. <coughs> an American Nazi is marching with tiki torches and getting, getting, you know, planning to like bomb places. But a Canadian Nazi is just like, hey, how you doing? Uh, so you're a Jew, huh? Oh, uh, you want to go to the park? Maybe, uh, maybe uh, have a little picnic, and uh, maybe afterwards, if you'd like, I can kill you. Yeah. You know, like like Canadian Nazis, I imagine are pretty nice. So I dig that. Oh, okay. all in all, all in all, yeah, all in all. Anyway, I hate this movie. Uh, don't listen to Bunny. The movie sucks. The acting is bad. The ad living is bad. You can't see anything for the majority of the movie. The whole thing feels like that community theater. This may, movie feels may, extremely. Malin is so wrong. She is so wrong. You've, oh, you've got to experience this movie. Bastard. Oh, what? I get it. Now that I'm a woman. <laughs> oh, I love that so much. I love this so movie much. is sexist. something to this movie is something to see. It is ridiculous. It is no, I, funny. Huh? I will say this though. This movie is so bad. I would watch this again to show someone how bad it is. You know? We might have to do a live commentary of this movie and show everybody how bad it is. This movie is, is so bad. 
that I do see myself like like I'm, I'm telling Natasha about the movie and Natasha's over there and I'm telling Natasha about it while I'm watching it and eventually it just gets so bad that you just see Natasha slowly move over next to me to to see like oh my god this is as bad as you said and next thing you know we're both watching it and and it, that's how bad it is that like okay. The movie feels extremely racist, like it's trying to make a statement about racism, but in doing so, yes. I think it's being more racist than it should. Bernard, get down. Get down, dog. Well, again, it's the Klingon view. Yeah, that is a good point. That is you know, point. so, yeah, so like, director. they don't quite exactly understand the subject matter, yeah. but they're trying. Like, like the movie is just like, hey, this film has an important message. You know, not all Chinese people have the coronavirus. And then we're all just sitting here going, yeah, we know that. Yeah. Did you not know that? It kind of seems like. Well, but again, this that's. movie is trying to. That's what I was saying. That's what I was saying with the Peter Parker meme. If you dealt with any kind of coronavirus facts, it's the opening titles and it jumps straight to the credits because there's no movie there. Yeah. Yeah. So we have to deal with all of the corona misinformation. And yes, they were all horrible people and they were all racist. While slipping into their their little Jesus moments here and there. What's your name? What's your name? It's funny. Yeah. Do you know Jesus? You know Jesus (laughs) Christ? (laughs) You you know who he died for? You know who he died for? Died for us. Died for you. You know, we're all equal here. We're all equal here, funny. What do you think about that? movie was filmed before the lockdown like you can tell that this movie was made before the coronavirus was a big deal yes you know so and you can kind of tell like now where we are at here with dealing with like over a million deaths and long covid and all of this stuff watching this movie now it's kind of quaint yes Uh, but still, 2025 is number one. Yeah. Because that's bad very much in the tradition of the room. Okay. Um, I've got I've to gotta bring something up. Um, there will be a uh, programming change. Uh, so when we first started uh, 2022, the summer of COVID exploitation, I said the whole concept of it was a bunch of directors have rushed out really cheap shit, exploitation films to capitalize on the coronavirus. Right. Uh, like this week's film, like the week before that, like uh, our next film. COVID-19 Invasion spring Kevin Nash NWO for life. <laughs> and, uh, so, and I said a couple of times this that you know that these COVID exploitation films are bad because the most famous actor in any of these films is Kevin Nash. Yes. I forgot about a movie. It came out at the end of December 2020. It was a uh, it it was supposed to come out in theaters, but 
the pandemic, so it, it only came out as like a digital download. Uh, it was made with a budget of about $2 million, and it made $400,000. It, it's mainly known for being produced by Michael Bay. Okay. It's called Songbird. I just learned about it about a half hour before we started this podcast. So I need to track it down. Let me tell you the people who are in this movie. It stars Archie from Riverdale, first off. Okay. Which we have not seen since that. uh, What Christian movie was that? His wife was dying. Exactly. Yes. He was in that movie. I still believe. No, I still believe it's the Fred Willard movie. No, that's I'll Believe You. Oh, I'll Believe I You. Still okay. Believe it's the one where he's the singer. Whoa, Eleanor, dropping the podcast. You are dropping the podcast. Okay. This is not my computer. My computer is. Okay, there you go. So, okay. So it stars Archie from Riverdale, and it also features Craig Robinson, Bradley Whitford, Peter Stormari, uh, uh, Paul Walter Hauser, who is uh, uh, the fat guy from I, I Tanya. Peter Stormari, uh, is that is that the guy from like I don't know the New Heart Show or Bosom Buddies or some shit like that? Wait, which name? Peter Scolari? No, Stormari. Stormari. The guy in Fargo. There were the two criminals. It was uh, Steve Buscemi and the other guy. He was the other guy. Oh, he was the other guy. Okay, he's been in a lot of he's, shit. I know he's, who you're talking yeah, about. Yeah, he's the nihilist. He's the nihilist. Yeah, he's the nihilist. He was the guy on the mirror in Armageddon. Yeah, 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 yeah. That guy. He's in it. And I have it to me more. Really? Yes. It's set in. 2024 and COVID-19 has mutated into COVID-23 and it's like the fourth year of total lockdown. Okay. The lockdown started and it never stopped and now it's like a post-apocalyptic future where no one is allowed outside. And like there are Q-zones I, I've seen outside. I don't recommend it. Yeah. Uh, the whole thing is just seems to be the absolute fucking worst. And so I'm going to have to track it down. We're not doing it next week. Next week we're doing Kevin Nash's uh, ridiculous action film, COVID-19 Invasion. I looked up the plot for it. And... um. What the fuck? Hold on, let me let me let me pull up the plot for keeping uh, track of these titles is a challenge though. I know because they're all I the must same admit. damn names. They're yeah. all the same damn Huh? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Okay, so here's the plot of next week's film. Rex and his men aim to kill the homeless people living in a local deserted school hoping it'll slow a deadly strand of COVID. Now outnumbered 100 to 1, Hack must save his little sister. What the fuck does that mean? So our heroes are going out to slaughter homeless people. Oh, this sounds tough. I'm so confused. Yeah, are the good guys going to, to kill the homeless people? Or is our hero one of the homeless people? I'm so confused. And there's a review on I this? am confused, and I am deeply frightened. There's a review. Okay, let me... You're deeply frightened, so let me, let me give you a review which might change your mind, okay? So here is a review from IMDb from February of 2022 by W.Y. Polma. Y. Polma. And this is uh, 
the rating on IMDb is one star out of ten. Let me correct the others who don't get it. Let me read this review to you, okay? Like, okay. I'm ready to hate next week's movie until I read this review, okay? This film is a leftist's attempt to smear conservatives. Okay. Not just anti-vaxxers, which, if you think about it, have a point. After all, if the left had just shut up and hadn't brought up mandates forcing people to put something into their own body and ignoring their constitutional right to decide which healthcare procedures they will or will not undergo, then all of this wouldn't have happened. I personally had vaccines. I'm just fine. But I will decide what goes into my body and will not answer to anyone else on that issue, period. They are clear. They also clearly are trying to smear conservatives and anti-vaxxers as being somehow racist. Though anyone with an IQ over 30 can clearly see that this isn't the case. Don't waste your time on this film. More importantly, do not give these people your money. Give them the attention they deserve. None. Oh, what a word. Man, yeah. We leftists sure have been put in our place, haven't we? <laughs> and it's like, oh, I was ready to hate this movie until I read that review, and it's like, shit. And that's for to... this movie? Yeah, yeah. No, next yeah. week's movie. Next week's that, movie, COVID-19 Invasion. Sorry, that Kevin does Mack. ease my mind a bit. Yeah. N-W-O for life. <laughs> Kevin Nash. I was Wolfpack Red. Yeah. I was the red wolf pack. I wasn't the black and white. Yeah. The red. So that's all I've got for this week's movie. If you like bad movies, there's a certain type of person, and this is who we cater to. There's a certain type of person, a Pope on Film fan, a, 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 a Poppy was the name yes. that we came up with, is that you say to someone, hey, I found this movie. It's from 2020. The entire thing is ad lib, and it's all set on an elevator. It's a Canadian film about the coronavirus that was made right before the coronavirus. It's entirely ad lib, and it's the only setting is an elevator. Most people, most normal thinking people, will say, Yeah, that sounds horrible. I'm not going to watch it. But if you hear that and go, That sounds horrible, when will we watch it? Okay, then, yeah, this film is absolutely for you. You, yeah, the, uh, uh, and that is why I'm giving it a recommend. They chased her little pet rat around an elevator and stomped it to death. Yeah, somebody stomped a rat to death in this movie. Yeah. And then it turns out... This movie is worth your watch. It's horrible. So bad, but it is kind of so bad that it's like I did that face a lot, just a sort of like a like a mouth gape sort of. So yeah, it is pretty bad. But if you like bad movies, then this movie is for you. Yes. So uh, next week we will be uh, in our next episode, episode four hundred thirty-four. We will be covering. The uh, Kevin Nash film COVID-19 Invasion, which is apparently about homeless people, and I'm going to work on getting uh, Archie's fucking Corona film. Yes. Finally, the Archie, Craig Robinson, Peter Stormari, Demi Moore movie we always wanted. COVID. Dun, 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 dun. All mucus, mucus. Dun, 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 dun. You are my snotty girl. <laughs> I love that. So that's next episode. COVID-19 Invasion starring Kevin Nash and W.O. for life. Yes. Say that every time I say his name. You're on out. You can't just say his name. You've got to add the whole life. <laughs> so uh, I might end up talking about WCW a lot in our next episode, which is fine because I would rather talk about that than killing homeless people. I don't get that, but I guess we'll watch the movie and find out. We 
we'll, we'll find out. It could be a, a, a kind of a running man situation or, you know. I hope they never redo Running Man because the thing about the movie Running Man is you go to the film expecting an Arnold Schwarzenegger action film. Well, what do you get? You get Richard Dawson in his starring role. Yes. He is the goddamn. He is the rock of that film. He is you the get center, the cornerstone, the star. You cannot replace. You cannot replace. No. Him. No. He is no. Perfect. Perfect. And you get the extra bonus double whammy of Mick Fleetwood and Dweezil Zappa. Dweezil Zappa. Uh-huh. Yeah. And Yafet Kodo. Trying to look tough and not pulling it off, Dweezil. You're just Maria not pulling Cucina it off. Alonso. Another one. God, she was... Maria <laughs> yes, uh, Yafet Kodo. He was needing Yafet to pick up a check here. Yeah, Yafet Kodo and Maria Cucina. Yes. So, uh, so that's next episode. So looking back at this episode, uh, uh, what are they called? Uh, Klingons, uh, David from Sesame Street, uh, Ohio State University. Yes. I gotta say, this has been a pretty good episode of the podcast. This has been a damn good episode. I, I agree with your statement. I I was gonna say that myself, but I feel like you're the person who does the reviews and not me. And I didn't want to step on your toes or anything. But yes, I concur with your assessment and goods sir. So until next week, I am Bunny Williams, and I am Reverend Steve. Flash made limbs. And on behalf of Natasha, Amber, Mal, Eleanor, Max, and everybody else, I just want to say thanks for listening. And we will see you next week, you godless heathen. And you just ruffles and poop and Eleanor is going to bed. Okay. Yeah. And Eleanor thing? There you go. Cookies. Okay. Then I'll still need you to put it on. Do 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 do